0: The cost of youth soccer. The industry has just gotten completely out of control. Why are kids on certain teams, and
1: how they found themselves there, to, and is it indeed the best situation for them to develop? There really seems to be a lack of inclusion.
0: I'd love to see a club just be honest and right. say that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you no, know all that BS. Forget that. We're not saying it because it doesn't matter. We're just gonna playing to win.
1: This
0: call is now being recorded. So I thought I'd start with the most pernicious accusation against you, which is that you are me. How do you respond now, to that accusation?
1: I'm – well, I'm glad I asked myself that. You know, I was just saying to myself as I was on uh, Twitter uh, with my two different phones, one against each ear, uh, basically reliving Adam West on the phone – in the Batman series, it's both Commissioner Gordon <laughs> and Chief O'Hara, and and I was thinking to myself, people are morons. Me,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I hope this has got the
1: the interview off to a
0: rolling start. Oh my god! Well, well, you realize this won't convince anyone. Someone will just say that you know. I'm doing two voices, whichever one of us I am. At, at once, this point, I'm not really once. sure. Because you could you can mix yeah. it. And oh, of as, course, Tony,
1: yeah. as Tony Hendra said, uh walk through the ocean of most souls won't get your feet wet. It's just <laughs> right. you have to. I I can, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I can mix things together, and you know, it reminds me of. You know, I I wrote a story about the flat earth movement that was directly influenced by uh, soccer conspiracy theorists. And uh, it also reminded me of um, – I think it was in high school. They showed us some film strip about the uh, Salem witch trials. And apparently what the mob thought was that if someone could recite the Lord's Prayer that they were not a witch and so they were okay. Uh, And so – this priest who's been accused and has basically the noose around his neck he's you know 10 seconds from dying starts reciting the lord's prayer and there are people who say oh wait no he's doing it just fine you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name and not tripping up at all and they say oh well you know maybe we have the wrong person and someone says never is the devil you know more evil than when he's convincing us that he's not the devil and so they hang him <laughs> anyway. So it's one of those things where people can always just say you're lying somehow.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: w- <laughs> All right, I
1: am the Messiah. He is the Messiah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that works as well. Okay, so if you're just joining us, uh uh the I'm Ro we, no well, I'm the person with no voice. Yeah. Oh, do you not yes, want to introduce
1: ourselves? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I, why would I, yes, allow me to introduce myself, your boat. Go ahead. <laughs> uh Hi, I'm Dan.
0: Right. <laughs> so, so the, the reason for those of us, for anyone tuning into the, um, to the rebirth of the Ranting Soccer Dad podcast, you know, I might say this is kind of like a spinal tap mark two when they're playing at the, what looks like in, um, you know the music. Well, it is, in yeah, so the music part is the, oh, yeah. the,
1: the yeah, chat. Oh, the chat's on for the puppet show,
0: <laughs> right? Right. Welcome on to the, the base, Derek Smalls. He wrote this. Yeah. Um, so uh, the reason that we're doing this is because um, we're going to have some fun with soccer conspiracy theories, and and maybe one talk of the about how, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's your show. I didn't mean to interrupt. One of the ways we could prove we're different people is we could just argue about, oh, it doesn't have to be about promotion or relegation. We can just pick some sort of random and just start yelling at each other like,
0: uh, like we're in It's Always Sunny or something. Oh, well, you know, people still would say, yeah. You know, just like um, I was running into this when I was doing research for my book, which I can't reveal details about yet, but it will annoy a lot of people. Uh, but you know, Gary Clyburn – think I'm pronouncing that right uh, – I, I don't – who – yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, I, you yeah. know, and he's not here to defend himself, but – and I think this is important. I don't care. Yeah. You, what, and, what about him? Go ahead. You were telling a story.
0: Oh, and also I should digress here. U.S. soccer – has never pronounced my name right. I mean, you know, I could be on a conference call with people who I've known for 10 years, Beau Dure, you know, it's dur. It's not that hard. <laughs> in fact, actually, in French, it does mean hard. So it, that's kind of ironic that it's not that hard. Uh, so, oh, I'm talking <laughs> about Gary Kleiman and how he hates Alexi Wallace. And when you know, he says that Alexi is too soft on U.S. soccer, and Alexi's just a shill for U.S. soccer and so forth. And then when Alexi did his now-famous uh, Tattooed Millionaire's Tat- band, yes Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, which was wonderful.
1: In fact, I actually – That has that aged beautifully, by the way. That was prescient. That was impressive. <laughs> that was – even yeah, more I, uncomfortably close to home than we realized at the time. I th- I thought he Oh, I'll allow you hot taking son of a gun, you <laughs> And uh, the talk about the wrong time to have your horse come in, I guess, but oh boy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And I think I had Alexi on there. the podcast soon after he said that because we were talk because we talked about the derivation of Tattooed Millionaires, which is, of course, from Bruce Dickinson, and Bruce Dickinson, in this case, being the real-life Iron Maiden singer, not the uh, fictional producer uh, played by Christopher Walken in the more cowbell sketch. Uh, so <laughs> but, but Anyway, Cliven's response to, <laughs> Cliven's response to that uh, to Alessi's rant was basically the same as the people in the Salem Witch Trials, which was that, oh, you know, it's you know, there's nothing worse it's than this. Growing. Here's here's the right? Here's let'sy pretending to be like U.S. soccer so he can appear that way. And so, what exactly what is Alexi supposed to do in that case? And look, I don't, I don't mean to to apologize for everything Lawless says, um, but yeah, what what exactly is he supposed to do in terms of being called a shill or not being called a shill? Um, and well, what is there yeah. You know, is there yeah,
1: maybe top, like, three people in American soccer who would care less about what you call them than Alexi Lawless? I mean, we all yeah. are basically there for him to dunk on us on Twitter if the mood strikes him. I mean, we're just his batting practice pitchers, basically.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: yeah. What's, he, he would enjoy being called a shill. More than he's literally one of those people where you try and call you he wins. I mean, it's, he he can make reasoned and insightful and thought out points. He just doesn't need to because we all just serve him up these beach balls over the plate all the time. Yeah, but that's that's yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's the point of being mad at Alexi? Like, right. Uh, it's-
0: yeah, and he has a personality to I, yeah. He has first personality no, I, I to do what he does. No, I think the world of him, yeah. but
1: I know what he does for living. I mean, I'm sure he would admit it. That's. Uh, but again, I'm well. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not the person to like sort of step back and give my take on people's personas, but but people do have personas. But I think he, to a large extent, living is living his gimmick. I can't imagine he cares, about being called a shill. I can't. I just can't fathom that that would be something he would give a moment's
0: thought to. Well, the thing I've always found impressive about Aletty, at least since he went to Fox and kind of developed this persona, and yeah, you know, I have to say, having known Aletty as long as I have, at times I don't recognize his TV persona. It does, you know, that doesn't seem like the same person that I chat with, um, but. What I envy about him most, and I've told him this many times, is the sort of zen attitude that he has, uh, toward, uh, pe- toward people who just launch into them, into him. I don't know if you've ever seen one of his periscope sessions. He doesn't do it as often as he used to. He used to mm-hmm. do it every day. Um, but, you know, somebody would come in and yell at him and say, I'm not going to be here anymore. You know, I just came in to yell at mm-hmm. you. And, uh, you know, and unless he would say, you know, and it lot you to say "Go in peace." Yeah. So it, it yeah, got, exactly. yeah. So that's where it's yeah. So that's where every time I came into the Periscope session, I would announce myself by saying Namaste. Uh, <laughs> and, and so would say, "Oh, hey, Bo, Namaste." So. So yeah. Oh and, my goodness. And you know, it, it's amazing the persistence of some of these things. And yeah, I have these nightmares. … that I'm going to be subpoenaed in a trial of some sort, and they're going to say, isn't it true that MLS once paid you, you know, or oh, did MLS yeah. ever pay you? And I would have to say I don't know because I wrote that <laughs> – Did the checks bounce? <laughs> What's that? Did the checks bounce? Did the checks bounce? <laughs> um no see i, I wrote for m l s net at the same time that Eric Winalda did. you know I was writing fantasy columns he was writing opinion pieces. I was just writing about you know uh whether or not you should start Mamadou Diallo this week um and then and I don't remember what the relationship was at the time i think i think major league baseball's um Wing, you know, Major League Baseball Advanced Media, I think they were involved with running the site at that point. So I don't... Oh remember. my gosh, that's right. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's a blast from the past. My goodness.
0: Yeah. Like well, I, I
1: can, I'm yeah. sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Oh,
0: it's the media. You yes, we're never quite the same know. person,
1: so we're interrupting each other. <laughs>
0: we're stepping on yeah, each shut other's. up, me. <laughs> you you never know how far you never know how far removed the news organization is from the parent I mean, you know, when I wrote for ESPN I would get checks from Disney uh, which, you know and and my family all loves Disney World and so they were really impressed with that they were less impressed when um, Fox News Latino uh, got in touch with me, they needed something I think they wanted to know about Spanish-speaking players at the Women's World Cup, and specifically players from the Americas that were not the U.S. and Canada. And so, um, <laughs> so I thought, ah, great, I'll write that. And then a few weeks later, the check shows up from Fox News Channel. I okay, it, didn't, yes. it didn't say yeah. Fox News Latino. It said Fox News Channel, and I had to jump into the shower right away. I mean, it was just <laughs> – yeah. You know, and you know, I've written for Fox Soccer, but Fox Soccer—that's yeah, not the same organization. You know, it's the same as you know the, that company as a number. But but Bo, there is there is no yeah. ethical
1: consumption under capitalism. Well, this is what Marx has taught us. In order for us ah, to right. overthrow this, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just basic orthodox. Communist theory, Bo. That's <laughs> I'm not telling you anything. You don't know. If we're going to overthrow the system, we have to put the means of production in the hands of lower division American soccer teams. That's how it's going to start. And right. The,
0: <laughs> and so, that, so uh, Ricardo, uh, so, yeah. So Ricardo and Silva, proletariat, is what you're telling me. Right. Ricardo Silva is the voice of the. Uh, we
1: were we were way yeah. ahead of the curve, and now everybody hates billionaires. But <laughs> soccer fans are <laughs> way way ahead of that. This is this is all just on the gravy boat for us. <laughs> None of us are surprised. But,
0: well, billionaires are
1: terrible. Who knew? <laughs>
0: It, it's just a question of which billionaire you, you choose to follow. I mean, there's some people who would choose Arthur Blank, and there's some people who would choose Rocco Camiso. And, you know, it, it's just like there's some people who, you know, I hate New York billionaires, and they vote for Donald Trump, who might not be a billionaire, we don't know, because we can't see his tax returns, uh, or anything else. Uh, so, I, I am perfectly happy to make this an hour. Just rant about. <laughs> no, we're not
1: going
0: to. Get, I don't want to get on a on a political. We've already agreed that we're not going to talk about Roger Stone, or Ralph Northam, uh, or Jeff Bezos, um, or whatever the topic of whatever the topic is tomorrow. When I when I put this out, who knows what we'll be talking about tomorrow? Yes, um, yesterday's news detail. tomorrow. Right. So. But, yeah, in terms of the proletariat being, you know, the people who, uh, want to, you know, turn the NPSL or the UPSL or the U.S. Premiership, um, you know, into, you know, who think that those organizations should be able to compete with MLS, whatever that means. It, it's one of those things where, again, you can't really win because, you know, there are people who, um, it It kind of pained me being a guy from Athens, Georgia, whose dad lived part of his childhood on a farm and whose granddad ran that farm uh to to hear that I don't care about rural america uh because <laughs> I don't think we're ready for promotion and relegation and because I don't think uh a youth team from you know from rural West Virginia is going to be best served by having a professional team atop that youth structure that can climb its way up the ladder. I mean, I think that there are other mechanisms that U.S. soccer should be trying to reach the rural community in West Virginia and see if there's – and that's something they can do right now. You know, they should – yeah, I'm disappointed in U.S. Soccer's training center program, which is where they should be going out to communities, and um, and also we devalue ODP. So there, you know, there are things that U.S. Soccer can do right now, but no, that's not good enough. What we need to do well, is start promotion relegation so that uh, somebody comes in and spends a ton of money on this club in West Virginia, and then all of a sudden, all their kids get signed by Borussia Dortmund.
1: And see, this is probably where, where I can prove that we're different people because right. I do not think youth soccer or amateur soccer or anything like that should have any say or any business driving the professional game, driving the national team, driving <laughs> the, the World Cup tournament. I think those need to follow in the wake Major League Baseball does not take its cues from Little League coaches any more than Vince McMahon (laughs) takes his cues from NCAA wrestling. If you want to grow the sport, (laughs) you you grow fans. Fans are are what is going to put the sport on the next level because fans bring money. What we need to have the outreach is where there are fans. And rural Montana is not it. And as far as play, this is another one of my pet peeves. And this is where you and I, I'm sure, differ. Players self-select. You can have all sorts of structures either drawn up or implemented. It is up to the player to decide how far he or she is willing to commit the talent that was given to him or her and all the coach can do is teach the right I realize how reductive that is but it's it's, it's simply born out you have professionals come once in three generations in some of these places let alone the kind of stars that we think will be churned out if we Restructure the bureaucracy. That's simply not how it works. You increase the talent pool with more money. You, make, you create the jobs. This is, some, this is a way for people to make a living doing it. That's why we have better players now than we did, than the American players in the 60s or 70s, because there are more jobs for them. You can make a living doing it. You can support other players getting better. You have this infrastructure being built. To me, that is so basic. And if it were going to be done through a series of through a series of amateur or youth schools designed to preserve NCAA eligibility, then we would have been we would have had this in the in the 80s. We would have already <laughs> been this world power. This is the problem with trying to create a nationwide structure and your only focus is on the extreme, extreme, extreme right end of the bell curve. That where it's just effectively random. What you want to do is create a wider base in order to give more opportunities for the player to decide that this is a realistic an enjoyable and potential career, uh, rather than just think that someone is going to see the San Jose Earthquakes get relegated and decide that that's going to inspire them to be a better player. It's madness to me. So I think that uh, I think the youth side is extremely overrepresented, overrepresented in the current US soccer structure. And I think one day that's going to be a real issue. That was what I was worried about in the election. You had amateur, you had state, you had you had amateurs telling professionals their jobs, and that's a way to make the professionals <laughs> irritated. And okay. someday but, that's that that rock is gonna fall.
0: And and you're right, I do disagree with you yeah, but <laughs> perhaps not, perhaps not in the way you'd expect, and it's this. I disagree that youth soccer is overrepresented. They're, you know, 25-ish percent. I mean, it, it's complicated. depends on how many life members show up and things like that. Um, and the athlete representation is dictated by federal law. It has to be 20%. And uh, actually, I think there are similar structures in some other countries as well. But any, anyway, we can't really begrudge athletes getting 20, uh, 20%. Uh, I think there actually is a valid point that maybe Carlos Bocanegra, while he is working for MLS uh or for an MLS team, maybe shouldn't be one of the leaders of the Athlete Council, but that's another – anyway, the point I'm trying to get to is well, but, that the – Well, that's not the topic, but why not? I
1: mean, you have players collectively bargaining, not just in MLS, but in other sports. I mean, they are involved. They have a stake. It is their careers. They're across the table from the people who work for and own the teams. That's the way it works in the professional world. I don't understand why you would think that an athlete in the sport that is that is putting a roof over their heads and putting their kids through school are not – shouldn't have a say in the
0: direction of the sport. Well, The argument here is that uh, Carlos Bocanegra is Brad Guzan's boss. And they are both on the Athletes Council. Yeah, that that is a... It doesn't look good. I mean, at the very least, the optics are bad. At the very worst...
1: But But Brad Guzan is not... Brad Guzan, I'm sorry, too much Chivas USA in my misspent youth. He's not making copies for Bocanegar, he's saving shots. That it right. isn't like his political views Besides, if 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 Brad was a vampire, he'd still have the Atlanta job, provided they play enough night games. I mean, that's any sort of general manager who's going to demand political <laughs> they're not gonna win right. many games. That's, it's right. frustrating to me that people see these kind of conspiracies and assume not just the worst motives, but self-destructive motives. It's a bad idea for Carlos Bocanegra to demand that his players join the Athlete's Council and fight promotion and relegation to protect his boss's monopoly. That's that's not his job. Yeah, that's yeah. That
0: that's where it gets pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Let
1: alone Brad's job. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bear in mind. Now, see, you have to bear in mind. I'm married to an ethics lawyer, so um, so. It, what are ethics? Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just I I think I I was so also a philosophy major, and uh, <laughs> and I wasn't very good at it. You know, I was, I double majored philosophy and music. I was okay in music and not that good in philosophy. But anyway, to get back to the council structure of U.S. soccer, I think youth soccer should have 25% to say because that's where we get future players. The adult council is not where we get future players. (laughs) Almost by definition. (laughs) Right. The adult council is where players go when they want to stay in the game and bless them for doing so. Yeah. It's, you know, and I wouldn't say 0%, but I don't understand how adults get as much vote as youth. And, and we're talking about adults being again, you know, amateurs who are going to stay. In fact, that raises an interesting question. If we have promotion relegation, do we have to do away with the adult council because then all of a sudden they're pro that's I've just blown my own mind. Or your own mind. <laughs> of course we're the same person so i guess i just i guess we're having a collective mind blowing experience here <laughs> well speak for myself <laughs>
1: right <laughs> no that and i would put it at an even farther remove what apart from making sure that mls follows international contracts what business does the us soccer federation have one way or the other in telling mls how to run its business People want. Yes. People seem to want the federation to have this amazing amount of power that they don't have, they can't have, and they shouldn't have. And all you have to do yes. is think of it the other way. What if uh, What if FIFA wakes up tomorrow and says, "You know what, uh, uh, Commissioner Garber's right. Uh, closed leagues, or better still, Dan Loney is right." <laughs> <laughs> promotion and relegation is garbage. It hinders competition. It doesn't make better players. It's a scam. We are now outlawing it. The same people who wanted <laughs> promotion and relegation imposed by FIFA would have to well, I mean, they they probably wouldn't miss a beat. But the issues of who has power over whom have not been raised adequately to satisfy me. But it's frightening, and you you saw this in the election. People would come up with all these plans, and they were going to use ways like they were Stallone playing Judge Dredd, and it's as if people don't have their own kind of volitional self-interest. People didn't put 20 years in building a professional game pretty much from zero. I hate to be that guy, but you, you saw it in no, the hey, '90s, just like hey, I In did. 1992,
0: the Colorado foxes would be the world's dominant power if only we had relegated um, the Los Angeles salsa i I will top you on. that. Yeah.
1: the Colorado foxes and uh most, foxes would probably beat most MLS teams, like if if you put them in a game. Now over a season, because they didn't have any depth and they didn't have any facilities and they didn't have any training, they didn't have any fans, they they get crushed, they get worn down. But the the quality because there were only like three or four or five decent teams in the country, so you had this collection of very good players. Marcelo Balboa was Robin Frazier. I mean, that's this that would be close to an all star team today. But then yeah. you have, but then the rest of the team were made up of people who could either afford or were dedicated enough to play to play for the kind of salaries that the Colorado Foxes would pay you for being not their star. <laughs> not everyone can do. That. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and right.
1: That wasn't, and it wasn't sustainable.
0: Right, and a lot of the players of that day you know, played for the Colorado Foxes in the summer and the uh Buffalo Blizzard in the winter. You know, because that's how they can make ends meet. And you know, well, and, and coach they clinics
1: to or coach schools or Yeah. Uh, or heaven knows what. And which which is all wonderful about spreading the gospel of soccer, but that's not how you train a professional. It can't be.
0: Yeah, I mean it's really impressive that people manage to do that. And that might be something, you know, um for the Society of American Soccer History of which I'm a member and of which I was one of five people at the meeting uh at the uh coaches convention just wrapped up in Chicago. Um that like, might be something interesting it's... to study. It it was good. It was good. Um but the and I did a presentation on the history of coaching education or was it yeah, coaching education in the U.S., uh, which was fun. I, I put the timeline up on my site, and uh, yeah, the the timeline. If you go to if you go to dad dot com, and now that I have relaunched the podcast, um there's more resources. Well, I should. I
1: think it's Yeah, Who are you planning to have? <laughs> I, you can probably oh, I've get got, some really terrific guests. I mean, you have. You probably wouldn't be scraping the bottom of the barrel like in the next 10, 15 years. You could probably get some of the most insightful,
0: well-spoken. I I think I'd probably just (laughs) recycle the same people, honestly, at this point. Let's see. Podcast guests. Who have I had? Um, This is
1: my first time, unless I'm badly mistaken. This is my first time on, isn't it?
0: I can't imagine
1: anyone listening cares now that I actually hear myself talk. I wonder how often Dan's been on. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I mean, at some point, I'll have to have Alexi back on. <laughs> at some point, I would love to have Eric Wynalda back on. But, you know, he
1: – yeah, it's – Yeah, what, it, the, it, well, he's he's the other guy. So I wonder, what does he care what people? Maybe he right. does. He, he shouldn't. Cares. But really, what well, does he have to prove to anyone? Yeah, it, it, well – because I, I think he is, he's laughably wrong about promotion or relegation, but that doesn't matter to him. What am I going to tell him? I mean, that's what. Yes. And I, I think he really kind of wants to prove himself as thing. a coach.
0: Yeah. He really wants to prove himself uh, as a coach. Uh, yeah. And, and, yes. and good luck yeah. to him. Yeah. Well, and he seems to do well when he's coaching. And I don't know if it's because he, um, Sort of a big fish, little pond sort of thing, but you know he he'll take over Cal FC and they'll win some games in the Open Cup. I uh, took over when he was coaching in Atlanta, even sort of by remote control from the West Coast, uh, he seemed to do pretty well. And you know Las Vegas just you know beat the crap out of a couple of teams in preseason. So a, I I think he might actually do pretty well uh, given a shot at it. I, I though I missed his radio show. His radio show was was pretty good. Um, anyway, oh, yeah. he was, that's right. <laughs> <But> just <laughs> anyway, I was going to go. Just, yeah, I go back to Ranty Soccer Dad and point out that if you go to Randy Soccer Dad dot com and look at twenty nineteen convention, uh, there are two links there uh, underneath that. If you hover over the menu, uh, one is called "Not a Good Site," and that is the parody youth soccer site that I did. Uh, for my presentation on, um <laughs> what you should, what you should and should not have on your website, which I actually drew about 50 people. It was a pretty good presentation. So it is, uh, it was so much fun to do that because I was using Wix, which I never used before. And when I messed up, I just left it because, <laughs> because that was sort of the point. But, but the other yeah, one is so sad. Right. The other one is Coaching Ed, uh, and so it's Coaching Education Through the Years. I start out with a picture of Coach McGurk from Home Movies uh, because that's – Oh, yes, yes. John Benjamin, before he was every other voice on TV, from Bob's Burgers to Archer to – what is he? The the movie store – the video store clerk.
1: The video store? Something in Family
0: Guy. Something in Family Guy. I thought
1: it was – I don't want to say comic book story. I want to say video story, but I've not seen a lot of – but yes, we – we yes. That was right. arguably his – uh <laughs> certainly the role that launched him. Uh I heard – Yeah. he was about to go into Dr. Cat's professional. I come onto this thing, and I'm ready. Oh, that's
0: right. That was him. Yeah.
1: And yeah, yes, he was, and it's a very different voice. And so I'm coming here. I think I'm going to – scream at you about promotion and relegation, about how everything you think you know about promotion and relegation is an embarrassing misnomer, and nobody on the internet should be allowed to express an opinion, and <laughs> we're talking about Dr. Cat's Professional Therapist, and wow, that was a really good show. I mean, especially once they got rid of Squiddle Vision, uh, it just right. was watchable, and, and Brendan Small is just such a great character, the, it, it, oh my gosh. Oh, I don't uh, Swim, yeah, of the nineties or two thousand.
0: And there's a reference to it in my <laughs> upcoming book. Uh, Coach because, No, no, no. It's the reference I'm to Dr. Sorry. Katz um, because oh. Dave Chappelle before he was Dave Chappelle before of Chappelle's Show uh, was on. was
1: Dave Chappelle.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, you. he's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's actually you. <laughs> You and Dave Chappelle are the same person. I'll bet you $50 million
1: so, I'm not Dave Chappelle.
0: Well, has anyone ever seen the two of you in the same room? See, for you and I, we can you – know, there are yes. people who've seen us in the same room. One time in Los Angeles when I was out there for MLS Cup, and they had this blogger thing, and there was something – What somebody there from Bleacher Report? Bill Archer was there, and if Bill Archer would stop, you know, ranting about, you know, you know, ranting about how liberals were ruling the world for about five minutes, maybe he would, you know, remember. Oh yeah, Dan and you know, they they were both there.
1: Oh, um, oh, someday the that the the great blogger. I'll give you. That went so well for me. I was not invited to the next one, (laughs) (laughs) and I think there was one in 2009 was there? I was pointedly not. Maybe I'm just making it up out of my paranoid rantings, but uh, yeah. Yeah. someday. Well, we all had to sign non-disclosure agreements. Uh, was one of oh, the, I don't remember that. I absolutely. Oh my yes, God, How did I forget about, that? Because it was all supposed to be about. This is so much more interesting to me now than promotion relegation. This is all <laughs> I want to talk about. Because it was about the media direction. Of major league soccer at that point, and I think it was pre a lot of things, but ble- yeah, Bleacher yes. report was there, and I wrote them off as wanting to be dead spins when they grew up i mean <laughs> and <laughs> i this will surprise nobody listening to this at this point, but all I did was just yammer and like interrupt and mock, and the twist is. I had my two-month-old daughter that on I my remember. chest in a baby bjord, and my wife was sitting <laughs> there with a uncomfortable, horrified look because I thought this was a blogger conference and not a meeting of professional reporters charting out the MLS media strategy. So I thought it'd be a bunch of bloggers, and at the time, I was one of the more prominent ones. So I thought I was going in to be people who liked me and would be interested in seeing my wife and child. And they weren't. They really weren't.
0: I, you know, I don't know how many other reporters were there now that I think about it, because oh, God, you say, was, oh, you know, reporters charting out the MLS media strategy, that actually God does was sound was like
1: there. Jack Bell was there. You don't remember? that These were – and the only one everyone heard – Bruce oh my Bruce was there, Jack Bell, Stephen Goff, Luis Bueno. And oh, I was man. talking over them because you know, it was, it was in my house. I mean, it's my stadium. Hey. So, yeah. I mean, it, was, it was a whole, I'm sorry, I shouldn't explain. It was twenty oh eight before MLS Cup, the gals here hosting, so it was it was a local mm-hmm. drivers. So that's why I thought I was going to be basically the guest of honor at this thing. And I wasn't. Oh my God, was <laughs> I not.
0: <laughs> it, it was obviously Bruce. Um, which reminds me, I need to go to Minneapolis one of these days and just watch a game with Bruce. Um, uh, yes. Yes, he and he, I, I uh, actually...
1: This is so much better than talking about promotion relegation. He went to see oh, yeah. Minnesota play Columbus. that, And we thought that would be their last regular season game. And it turned out to be the first game after they were saved. So he he was – we're all present in this history, and I'm sitting with them, and and I'm thinking, I can't show how cold it is because they're all from Minnesota, and they'd laugh at me. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're all like shivering. It was was just an amazing experience. And Bruce ends up like at all the great historical – yeah, there's a guy who needs to write a book. There's a guy you need to have on your show. There's a guy who can – You're right. He's much right. better than me. What are you wasting time with me for? Let's get Bruce. On. Oh, my God. Is it, have you got his number? Maybe I have his number. Yeah, Bruce I, is a guy I, you I want to talk to.
0: But he's so I great. can find Bruce. And for people who don't know, Bruce is Bruce McGuire, who was uh, yes, ears to the yeah. site called Du Nord, which summarized everything that was going on in soccer mm-hmm. at the time. And it was basically you could just read it, and he'd have, you know, if there was a, whatever <laughs> interesting story had run out there, he would have a link to it. Whatever competition was played, he would have. It's what I tried to do at okay. USA Today, and I didn't have time.
1: Please, please let me tell this this part, because this is
0: like one of my enduring memories.
1: Of, and I'm sure I embarrassed Bruce by saying this, but uh, Stephen Goff was uh, talking about – I remember very well what he was talking about. It okay, doesn't matter he's not here to defend himself. And I said to Stephen Goff, you get more hits. From Bruce's webpage than you do from the Washington Post homepage. <laughs> I'm so glad. Oh, I I... this day. I'm so glad I said it. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm, I, 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 and I'm saying this as someone he's probably going to be in Frisco as a media hall of famer, but I'm so glad I said that to him. <laughs> anyway, but that's how important yeah. Bruce was. I think Bruce should be in Frisco
0: someday, if you ask me. It's going to be Obviously, funny when we start you know, having votes down the line for that. Um, I don't really, I, I've always <laughs> been a little bit confused. I, mean, I have nominated people for that award before, and they generally haven't won, which is not to say that the people who have won aren't. Just, I think the, the people who have won are all great. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, when my peers start start going in, and I I sit there you know, having long retired from all this waving of fist at them, you know, you, um, I mean, I like, most, I like to think that I like most people, but, you know, um, anyway, I do have to tell you the Seattle wow, story about one? what I remember. <laughs> what I remember of the 2009 MLS Cup uh, is that it was the typical USA Today, keep your expenses to a bare minimum trip. So, you know, I say you know, in, MLS, you know, look, they don't pay expenses. That's not how this works for those of you who think that's how it works. It's not. Um, but they, <laughs> you know, will reserve lots, and so you you buy it, – it, it, what I'm trying to say is basically they had somehow cr- sort of worked out room assignments for the media. And I had this ridiculously nice hotel room in Seattle uh, where I stayed for about six hours, uh, five of which were asleep. Um so basically I looked at wow what a really nice view sleep wake up wow what a really nice view I need to go and that night I had to catch the red eye back to the east coast the night of the game. Now for those who don't remember, that game went to at one time. That game went to penalty kicks. That game yes, even went beyond the standard five penalty kicks and kept going until until Edson Buttle missed, and Robbie Russell from Duke, I should point out, made his <laughs> shot. And so then I go down and talk to the other Dukies, uh, Jason Price and Garth Lagerway, and I just remember <laughs> racing down thinking I have to get some quote from somebody, and there's Garth, <laughs> Yeah, you know, someone I've known for a long, long time because uh, he used to live here. Um, in fact, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to tell that story about him. Um, <laughs> um, um, and so I run up and basically, Garth, just tell me anything. <laughs> and you know, I get a quote from him and I race back up to the media room, type in that quote, and then boom, I am out the door to catch the train to get to the airport so that I'm not stranded in Seattle um oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, not not that being stranded in Seattle would be the worst thing. Hey, when another trip for uh for USA Today, I was stranded in Dao. In fact that was the year before. <laughs> I, my
1: my Seattle story is so much more pathetic than that. Um <laughs> it, it was, uh, I was there with my wife and daughter. I <laughs> that was her second consecutive MLS cup as it turned out. And so we we go back to our hotel room, and I'm in a terrible mood, and my cell phone rings, and it's – now that I'm telling this story, I think it was a prank, but it was an international call. Someone from the BBC wanted me to go on and say how much David Beckham meant to the Los Angeles (laughs) (laughs) Gallery. Oh, boy. Uh, I
0: think you have the wrong number.
1: <laughs>
0: well, you know, Beckham, if the, I I have gone to the Wikipedia page for that game, and I'm presuming it's correct because I need to jog my memory a little bit. Uh, can you remember uh, who made the – well, uh, it's a gimme. The first penalty kick in that shootout uh, for the Galaxy was David Beckham. Do you remember who made the second penalty kick? For the galaxy, in that, in that, in the kicks from the mark, to use the uh, the proper term.
1: <laughs> the answer Who is obviously made, no. It's a, I, I am not entirely sure that, that's not a galaxy player, made his penalty well, <laughs> kick. Well, because after that, greater,
0: Kurovsky or, and Donovan both missed. Yes. Then yes, Mike McGee and, made and, it to keep it alive. And no, um, I, was, I was just
1: about to it say it. Mike McGee and. Probably know, that's right. I mean, I don't care. I did not carry a lot of – I'm sure if we had won, right. I, I right. would know. No, the- I, rem- I remember Beckham making his kick and thinking, this is one of the top 15 most ironic moments of my life, and anyone watching this in England is probably throwing their bottle at the screen at, at this clinical penalty being made <laughs> years too late <laughs> for right.
0: England fan. Well he wasn't uh, he wasn't going up against Germany, where you know yeah, you know, it seems like isn't that what he has saying going to every competition he was. they lose on penalty kicks to Germany? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: but well, uh, he was going uh, up against Ramon though.
0: Yes. Uh the second penalty kick, uh taken successfully for the galaxy, Greg Berhalter. Oh.
1: We were not yeah. prepared for penalty kicks that game. Looking back. <laughs>
0: Well, then Donovan missed his, and so – And that's –
1: that was eye-opening. Again, this is so much better than talking about promotion relegation. That is an insight (laughs) about penalty kicks because you can't practice – I know people have written books saying, well, actually, you can't, but after two hours of running, especially the way Landon ran at his prime, asking Mm -hmm. to sit there and do a penalty kick, it was – it was not surprising he would miss because he had given it all on the field. Now, I'm not saying David Beckham didn't. <clears throat> you remember or Greg Sunday? Yeah. Well, uh, but, yeah. okay, but Greg, he didn't run as far. Probably well, he not. That was no. wasn't his role. And, and, yeah, well, yeah, not that uh, I wouldn't tell him he was lazier than Landon Donovan because he hit me in the face and he beats that. But it was yeah. – it reminded me of Butch Cassidy's son. Robert Redford asked Other Martin, yeah, can I move? And he so like, said, what, what do you mean move? And he like, blows the heck out of it. I'm, I'm better when I move. And that was right. – it's a very – different—it's because Landon was got to be a little notorious for missing after game – like I think he blew one in the Super League a couple years later. And he just stopped taking penalties. And I felt like saying, hey, "No, be, it's a different situation. But yeah, he doesn't come to me for advice.
0: <laughs> well, the Wikipedia entry for this game says, um, what well, says the shootout, you know, successful penalties, uh, Saunders saved a kick by Salt Lake captain Kyle Beckerman, and then. Landon Donovan missed his penalty, putting it over the goal despite his proficiency in penalties. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was. So, yeah. Uh, no, I am maybe getting my chronology wrong because I think the Super League miss was before this, because I said to my wife, uh, because she said correctly that Landon's very, very good at penalties, and I said, well, the last one he missed was in a shootout like this one, and. Like I might as well script it because it's exactly what happened. I think he even missed it yeah, the okay. same way it was over the bar. Yeah. Oh, so it just we typed in stupidly blasted things, and we spent half an hour yeah. talking about this miserable, rainy, uh, artificial turf. They didn't even ah, uh, they didn't even have Javier Morales because he got off injured, and I thought we were going to win five nothing, and Omar Gonzalez breaks, Don, uh, breaks yeah. Ricketts' hand. <sighs>
0: yeah. Well, I would I would tell I'm you Superliga history. <laughs> I would tell you Superliga history to see if we can back up the chronology there. But I entered Superliga into Wikipedia and uh, it said Superliga can refer to different sports leagues. The Albanian Superliga. The day, and you know I'm I'm tempted to read about the. Al- In fact, uh, I am I'm, I'm with you. Let's you, you Let's are more than the Albanian Superliga. For a minute. I, uh, I thought
1: you'd never ask. Oh my gosh, what's this is I've never been so happy to see a rabbit
0: hole. Because you know they have promotion relegation. <laughs> and
1: relegation. That's um, why and that's why there's a power there.
0: true story.
1: True bad, boring story, but true story. Just this past week at the thrift shop I saw an Albania soccer scarf. I could probably get it for any for you or anyone listening oh, man. I'm still there. Because I don't know who's I don't know who wants to buy it. Well, although probably somebody snapped it up. You know, I shouldn't make promises. You don't see an Albania soccer jersey every day. This is the that is the same thrift shop where those of you who follow me on Twitter, which is at duresport, they <laughs> see my avatar. Um, yeah, the, yeah. Nut, the U.S. soccer player Nutcracker. That was the same thrift shop I got there. This is the weirdest thrift shop in the history of the world i think it is a portal to some other dimension and uh, so so right now the, if you run to peppermint pig and anderson township in cincinnati they'll be closed but if you go tomorrow morning you can grab your <laughs> right. soccer jersey jersey oh my god if it was a jersey no I'd, no it's just a scarf i didn't mean to get anyone's hopes up you can edit this out right although if you were not, editing, probably not this is like, deal no, that you wouldn't be listening to this. I mean, it would be, no way I'm on your show if you could edit, right? You know, I mean, I was listening to this
0: I was listening to the new podcast that Amy Mann and Ted Leo were doing uh, about creativity oh, no, and okay. so forth. There, there's and there's Amy Mann podcasts. was complaining. Amy Mann was saying, well, Ted, because you edit – the the audio for this, you're probably going to take out the bit where our guest gushes about my music, aren't you? <laughs> which, which I thought was terrific, but no, I don't I don't plan to edit this. We'll just wrap up in you know, five or ten minutes or so, so it's an even hour or so, and then I'll go for this. Which, but before, I've, I've before that happens,
1: I've clearly got nothing but time. I, <laughs> don't don't feel like you have to stop on my account. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I am obviously willing to yammer about anything, <laughs> and and as far yeah. as your listeners are concerned, could not care less if <laughs> it, is, it is their fault. They're doing this to themselves willingly. <laughs> but do, do you
0: ever make it to the I end mean, of the podcast? Because I, I I usually don't. You know, I will be in the car I and do. I
1: do. I have, and this is why I listen to comparatively few. I mean, part of it is uh, I don't listen to as many as I should. Because because I listened to the end, I listened to the Riot Squad podcast to the end. I listened to my uh, my fr- friend Jennifer as a movie pie and to the end. Uh, my, well Rebecca Cohen is famous by now, but yeah, you know, I listen to the sauce to the end. I mean, I don't, and that's what's frustrating because you can't I can't skim a podcast the way I can skim something being read. Like I can like I can go to my columns and like skip over all the. Boring, stupid parts, and get to the one or two jokes that I put in. If that's that's a much better <laughs> art form. But if you're listening, this is why I don't have a podcast. Can you imagine listening to me for a full hour? Oh my God, you would kill
0: yourself, wouldn't you? Well, haven't we been doing that now, or we've we been listening to me, or or yeah, you know, the oh, I'm I yeah.
1: It, it, yeah, see you've been listening to me talk to myself. I had forgotten the I
0: forgot the gimmick for a second.
1: That's true. That's <laughs> right. so
0: this actually is an hour of you talking or, now, are, or this, yeah, the, yeah. Uh,
1: I was going to say it was like Jim Henson and Frank Oz,
0: but then be like four people. So it's really just Jim Henson. Well, well, because Jim Henson and Frank Oz came together to do the sweetest chef. And Frank Oz said he loved it loved being the Swedish chef because that was the one time he and Jim worked directly together because I I forget, you know, one of them was I the head, he one it. of them was the arms. Yeah, it this it was fascinating because yeah, there's some Muppets that require more than one person uh to to manipulate the Swedish chef uh was one of them because he's always, oh. you know, you know, you're, you're so, you know, talking at the same time, his hands are going, put the cheeky in the besky, put the cheeky in the besky, you know, that and sort this of is, stuff.
1: And this so. is why you have to listen to a whole podcast. I mean, this has to be – I had no idea, and I'm like such a fan of the Muppets. I had no idea the Swedish chef was both of them or was appreciably more complicated than, say, Kermit or <laughs> Grover or, or Piggy. This is that's amazing. Oh I and this is why you listen because you could skim and maybe and it would be like put in the the header or something or it'd be the teaser. But in the podcast you gotta listen you gotta put up with this. Like me I will to hear like and you just made them all worthwhile. I mean I guess it's your show. So you'll well, put you it in probably the show used to this. Well yeah, oh well, my my goodness, yes. I mean yeah, it I'll put was, it in the show notes they listen to the end, so
0: we talked about Swedish chef and because I have not yet told the Dave Chappelle story from, from, I was about to, I actually remembered,
1: yeah, we were about to go back to Dr. Katz.
0: Right, because there was a, there was a reference he made, Dr. Katz, that is in my upcoming book because the book talks at, among other topics, about how the U.S. is so fractured, about how, um, you know, how difficult it is to get all of the various parties together. And Dave Chappelle illustrate and the best part is that the illustration of this in Dr. Katz, the person he, one of the people he mentioned is wearing a football badge or a soccer badge, you know, clearly, clearly meant to be a soccer fan. And the so the joke is that I was going through one neighborhood and saw two Italian guys beating up an Irish guy, and I thought, "Man, those people are specific." And so, <laughs> that, <laughs> and so that, that, that's, that's us. You know, because you know, soccer and, and I'm giving my son a book here. Yep, you. Know, you you will remember this having been around online soccer discussion since were you on the North American soccer list way back when before big soccer? I was this? not. No, that's the one bit
1: of no, I do not have true original gangster cred. I have soccer American graffiti cred for what that's Right. But no but no, I know the NA soccer list came first and laid the groundwork mm-hmm. and yeah, that no,
0: I was not on that. And it's a shame. I wish I was right. And so, but you have enough institutional memory to re- remember that being a soccer fan in the United States used to have a sort of indie cred to it. It was like being an REM fan in 1981. You know, it's like there's this thing that is superior to what you're listening to, to what you're watching. And you know, it's it, it, an REM. I would.
1: I would. I think it was a lot more like being an Insane Clown Posse fan. <laughs> and oh we had this – well, here here was my – and this wasn't just uh, – this was a big part of the 90s. There was a soccer ball in a commercial. I think we're making it. That, uh, yeah. People would keep try- – and now that sounds – I realize that, that sounds like from another world, but that's how far – We've come within living memory. I mean, it's not that long ago where yeah. people would just be amazed that their kids playing with a soccer ball in this commercial, <laughs> and people yeah. would track that and, and talk about it and discuss what it meant
0: and how big the product was, and. <laughs> and so now oh, to get that to get that hipster cred, you have to be part of a subculture within soccer, and you yeah. know. The best way to do that is to say that, well, I'm smarter than U.S. soccer. No matter what they do, if they institute promotion and relegation tomorrow, I'll find some other reason why I'm superior to U.S. soccer. Or you know, if Alessi always criticizes, we're going back to the beginning here. Well, yeah. We, well, that's, as if as all if this has up. happened
1: before. And I was just about to disagree violently and go off into some tangent for no reason, which is actually very on brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> what what you get are the ones, and Cincinnati will be the latest in a long line of new soccer fans who are convinced they invented the game, and it's and that's the kind of like hipster cred, old time cred, deservedly means nothing. It shouldn't mean anything <laughs> because Cincinnati fans, like Seattle fans before them, like Toronto fans before them, or Philadelphia fans, every new Every new market, every new group, every every World Cup, there's a new series of fans, and they know it all, and they're they're saving the sport from the people before them who screwed it up. So you and I oh, yeah. are old enough now to have killed the sport six times over, and each time it was saved first by the Chicago Fire, and then by Chivas, you know, Chivas
0: USA was supposed to save the league. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I have never so, been born wrong about something that I was about Chivas USA. I thought they would draw draw big crowds. I really did. Unaccu- yeah, unaccustomed
1: yes. as I am to like, talking about how smart I am. I called that puppy dead on. You did. Before they had a stadium. I was. You it did. it, was, it they made had me the stadium? only thing I was ever <laughs> right about. No, it was, yeah. oh, I, I called that like Alexander. I've never been more right. I'll never be more right about anything except promotion and relegation. I'm right about that. It's garbage. But the other thing I was right about was Chivas USA. I read that like a C-Spot Run book. Oh, let's talk about how smart I was. Those are the days. (laughs) And if you tell kids today about Chivas USA, they wouldn't believe (laughs) me.
0: Yeah, it's a, to it's a, some extent, it's yeah, it's hipster cred. It, it's almost like craft beer, you know. It's um, it's you know, a lot. No, I'm convinced it's uh, and it, it
1: was also the internet bringing this disparate group of ne'er do wells and <laughs> social outcasts and and providing a base basically where everyone can spend their money at once and gradually grow the sport until. Uncle Phil had to say, eh, I guess I won't close it down after all. But if it wasn't for us, <laughs> being – So you're saying Phil we kept you Yes.
0: <laughs> yes we, we, the people who were online arguing – and we were arguing promotion relegation even then, although I think it was, you know, think it was, yeah. it was a lesser yeah. topic than the shootout, the MLS side. Yes, there was right, a lot NASL, more right. –
1: well, the NSL, the original one in the 70s, it would have made it if there was an internet. Uh, so that's the one takeaway of the past 20 years. It's the, Soccer has been the biggest beneficiary along with uh, with uh, juggalos and uh, white supremacists and uh, yeah. anime fans. And really yeah. Benefiting from the fractured media landscape because there was this niche – It can be nationwide without having to be in the top three. And that turned out to be all soccer really needed. I don't think it ever has to be in the top three or even the top four. And if you count sports like golf and tennis and whatever, it may not even make top five, six, seven, whatever. But it's enough now to gather the money together to put on a league that
0: can sustain itself. And that there is, is a site. Yeah, there is a site called MostPopularSports.net, and unfortunately, the U.S. page of that is down. But it has, I think, when I when I looked at it earlier, I believe soccer was fourth in the U.S. And they are, you know, they have it, it, the the data they have in each country is fascinating. I mean, they use Alexa traffic and things like that. Uh, apparently in Panama the most popular sport is water sports, then boxing, then skateboarding, then wow, wow, I didn't realize this. Uh soccer isn't in the top five in Panama. And they kept us out of the World Cup.
1: Um yeah,
0: there's that. In the Philippines it's basketball, boxing, volleyball. It's basketball.
1: Soccer. My, uh, yes. It, it's yeah. It's basketball, but I don't know why that's fascinating to me. But guess uh, Thomas he's yeah. still coaching the Philippines national soccer team? Because he's made them within screaming distance of respectability. And I thought he'd get more attention for the U.S. job, but I guess there's a reason it's on the other side of the world.
0: People but forget you
1: Tom, about Thomas Dooly. Yeah. Well, here's the. Th- yeah, you know, as long as we're just uh, shooting, shooting the breeze. Now it is fascinating to see what the most popular sport, even different regions. Mexico doesn't make a lot of sense until you realize in northern Mexico, yeah, it's it's boxing and baseball. Now, that's why yeah. uh, Tijuana is only about 11 years old now. That's why Juarez can't keep a, a team together it because these are godforsaken wastelands. It's because. It's a lot closer to America, just not the big deal. And we have the stereotype that everyone in Mexico is die uh, diehard, and that's true in very specific places. It's not true. It's a very, it's a very diverse country, and a lot of things make a lot more sense when when you see just how different the northern sports culture is from the rest of the country. It was it's fascinating. And I. And I realize I'm talking about like Donald Trump. Is like I learned this comparatively late in life, so I'm pretending that nobody knew it. But it explained, it explained why Tijuana and Juarez are these huge metropolitan areas that have not had a lot of impact on either side of the border for uh, for the sport. And you think it would. I would have thought it would. Yeah. Everybody knew this but me is what I'm going to end up <laughs> – I didn't know until I read uh you know, Powell's book about uh <laughs> love is not for cowards.
0: Yeah, well. I think I think I that yeah. is just about the only other country in the world where they play soccer with walls. You know, what we call indoor soccer or actually now arena soccer and boy, that's a whole other tangent. Um Oh, we got
1: the Monterey but, La Raza.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and they actually have I I've seen pictures of outdoor courts with walls. So it, it's fascinating. Um, so I have no idea how to end this. <laughs> it's been about an hour, so we probably should. Um, Wait,
1: oh, it's, uh, we could do the Michael O'Donohue and then suddenly everyone was hit by a truck.
0: <laughs> I was thinking Michael O'Donohue for the very first sketch that was on Saturday Night Live, which was the, yeah, yes, this uh, is the, the trip. Yeah, I I would like to feed your fingertips, to feed your fingertips, to the Wolverines, to the Wolverines. <laughs> so now that we've made a reference to two dead guys, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, Don, I yeah, think O'Donoghue's dead. Okay, I'm going to have to verify. He is, Donahue. he is, he's, no, he's, dead, he's in okay. heaven
1: now. He's so not in heaven. Okay. He's in heaven now looking down on us, but like protecting,
0: like watching over us. He's so not in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm generally universalist. Um, me too. We, we, yeah, which is good have because another
1: hour talking about
0: I'm the world's worst universe, but still. No, and, uh, I I just plan. <laughs> I cannot wait to get up to heaven and meet meet up with a lot of the people who have said the most ridiculous things about me over the years, including accusing me of being you and <laughs>
1: demonstrating them. Wow, that that gets – you know what? Because when people accuse me of being you, I guess it's a compliment, and I haven't really thought about what it's like to be on the other – you and Ken and a bunch of other people get –
0: wow. This has been eye-opening yeah, for I, me. It's been a burden for you guys, hasn't it? I'm sorry. Not that sorry. No, I, I, because secretly I I just want to be funny. So, you know, it is a compliment. With people yeah. Oh, because, gosh, because you're funnier than I am. Yeah, right. Um, oh, but, yeah, I, I, so the
1: rest – so to I wrap all put this up, my kids on the phone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my kids could fill
1: another hour of why I'm not funny. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so to wrap all this That's up, it. I'm going to bring it back to the process. Must we? Why not just end abruptly? <laughs> <laughs> right. This has been Randy's soccer club <laughs> So to uh, to bring it all to a close, I'm looking forward to the day, and for you and I, it may not be that far away, where we're up in heaven. And we meet up with all the people who have come up with all the conspiracy theories, including the fact that you and I are the same person.
1: They're not and going to spend, have either,
0: bro. No, I, I am <laughs> universal. So, and so we you get may to be. Spend, they, yeah. <laughs> we get to spend eternity telling them, "I told you so." So, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> it, was, it was literally a thumbnail. Yeah, and this has been Rant... Thank you so much for listening to the Ranting Soccer Dad Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or Stitcher or whatever you use. Whatever you use to get here. Please use it again to subscribe us or like us or rate us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anyone who is a soccer parent at any level uh, that we're doing this. I will also be working on the Ranting Soccer Dad guide. There are some parts on the Ranting Soccer Dad site. Please visit RantingSoccerDad.com to get all the latest information about the things I'm doing. Until then, rant on.